The Colorado Inn and KFKA present Rams Weekly. Brought to you by Marinda Simpson State Farm Insurance. Here's Brady Hull and Kevin Lido. Welcome into another edition of Rams Weekly here on Northern Colorado's Voice 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. We team up with the Coloradoans, Kevin Lytle, every single week to talk, eh, depending on the season, some football, some basketball. This, These are still kind of the shows, Kevin, where we're talking about a little bit of both, perhaps. you got schedule updates going on for CSU football. you got uh, CSU basketball getting set to, to play again. Uh, it's It was a uh, uh, finals, uh, finals, whatever week. You call it, finals yeah. week. Finals week, so a little, little rest time. Probably a good rest time for, a be- the best time for this basketball team to get a little rest. Absolutely. Uh, really good time. I mean, that had been a gauntlet of a schedule from you know, Boston College to Creighton to Colorado to Washington to DU and St. Mary's. Just a really packed two-and-a-half-week schedule there. Good time. Obviously, there are some injuries, so you get a week where those guys get some time to heal, where they're not missing any games. And then other guys, you know, Pat Cartier had been banged up. Isaiah Stevens, you know, looked like he'd been dealing with a little bit of hip thing. Uh, so just time to rest mentally and physically. We got CSU uh, CSU Pueblo coming up on is it Sunday? Yep, ba- battle for the one true Colorado State. Who really is yeah. the true Colorado State? That's what we all want to know. Yep, that's the big one. This is this is the real you know, in-state showdown. This yeah, is the showdown. This is one that's all over the internet that everyone's talking about. Yeah, everyone's talking about this one and the, and the bad blood and yeah. all that stuff. Nothing about that football thing going on, uh, which I just thought that was... You and I talked a little bit about it today on the whole show. Um, the, the video resurfacing of Jay Norvell and Primetime going to, to the middle of the field to shake hands... And it is resurfaced because, well, Primetime's camera crew picked it all up. It's part of his documentary. And what was said in that uh, in that ha- shaking of hands moment there. So it's it's bringing up all of those emotions again from the Rocky Mountain show. Now. Yep, just re-riling the, the social media segment of the world, I guess. And, and yeah, kind of lit up later last night and, and this morning. It's been... Pretty chaotic. Yeah. Um, here's kind of where I look at it. Um, I, 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 I stupidly tweeted this out. I, I honestly do not think Jay Norvell, when he when he made the sunglasses comments and did all that stuff, yes, he said, my mother raised me this way, whatever. I, I take that as an expression. I don't take that as Jay Norvell is saying that Primetime's mom did not raise you the right way. That's just the way I view it. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think it was a design shot at um, Deion Sanders' mom. No. Uh, I think it was more built out of angst, not not angst, anger at, um, I guess, just the ignoring of CSU in that game, you know, by ESPN and stuff. You know, everyone coming up and wanting to talk to CSU players about Deion Sanders, and it kind of just led to a little bit of a lash out and... Um, I don't think Jay Norvell's the first one to kind of poke fun at the the sunglasses and press conferences thing, but of course it was the most high profile way it was done, or at least given that circumstance. And and yeah, it just kind of continues to spin out of control. You know, in doing some of the player shows, like talking to Jack Howell, you know, during that time, he he said the same thing you said, Kevin. He's like, all week we're being asked about Deion Sanders and about Shador Sanders and about the primetime effect, not really about our team at all. And over time, it just it just gets old, and y- you're bound to snap a little bit and say something that maybe you wouldn't normally 
say because it was a little uncharacteristic of Jay oh, Norvell yeah. I mean, to go that I route. I mean, that's yeah. You know, when Ken Wilson was accusing Jay Norvell of NCAA violations, Jay Norvell basically said nothing. And then even after the game, after Wayne, all he said basically was, you know, if you want to talk, I'm you know. You can call me, and we we can talk this out. It you know wasn't even really a harsh clap back. So yeah, it's um, definitely it was that character. And I still wonder how much was Jay Norvell saying. You know what? I'll do this, and I'm going to be the most hated player person in that stadium. So my players won't really have to worry about it. Which you know, in a way, you can understand that kind of the coaching strategy of like, hey, let's let's make everyone there hate me, and then my players can just play. I'm a, I'm a Grown up, I can handle it, and you know, let's go. I think it's just it's, it's, this whole thing is crazy. Um, if you say anything that's perceived as negative toward uh, prime time, it, you're, you're going to hear about it. You're going to get a lot of people coming at you, and that's just the way this is now. Kevin, with me, I'm, I, I I think a lot of Jay Norvell got a lot of respect for him. I almost I almost was like own the bad guy thing then. Shake his hand, congratulations, walk off. I don't owe you any explanation because you already know what primetime and Shador, Shador's standing right there, you already know what they're going to do with it. They, 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 it doesn't fit the documentary if the bad guy becomes a nice guy. It doesn't work in the documentary. So if if they're showing off that, hey, no, I'm sorry, and then primetime's like, no, you're good, man. It's just, it's, that wouldn't be juicy. That's not a documentary. Yeah, thing. and Deion Sanders literally said on, I think his ESPN game day, he said, you know, keep the cameras rolling at the end of the game. I mean, they they knew, yeah, um, he knew that, he that they were going to do something, and, uh, you know, there was never going to be a fight. You know, it's kind of, honestly, I kind of chuckled at, you know, the, the part Shudder saying, well, don't put your hands on him. It's like, yeah, Deion Sanders was never going to put his hands on It's not like they were going to fight it out. It was never going to be that. It was always, and, you know, how those handshakes are. It's super quick anyway. It was going to be a quick quip, and on we go, and that's what it was. So, honestly, the actual clip of what happened at the end of the game, kind of like, okay, like, yeah, it it wasn't. You're right. It wasn't earth shattering. Um, I think we all kind of thought something like that was being said. But you could even see it on Jay Norvell's expression at the end when he said, "Hey, I wasn't talking about your family." Primetime then goes, "Yes, you were. Yes, you were. You're talking about my mom. Yes, you were." Norvell almost does the eye roll, like, like, "Okay, what, whatever, whatever, yeah. man." So like, at that point, you know, even before, I, I, just own it. You already know what they're going to do with it. You know, good game. I have, I owe you nothing. Yeah. I owe you nothing. We built up the game. It was fun. A lot of people viewed it. Yeah, move on. Well, let's be real. It's not going to be long term. They're going to play this year. You know, this coming fall, it'll be this whole that whole week Oof. will be chaotic. And then I don't have in front of me, but it's a couple of years until there's another Rocky Mountain Showdown. And let's be honest. You know, what are the odds that both coaches are still head coaches at those universities? So it'll probably be one more meeting, a ton of chaos, and then they'll probably never cross paths again. Yeah, it's very it was a, it was an interesting time and then that video I think just kind of brought us back yeah. to that. You and I were talking about though. I just hope that we can build it up as a game. We won't, but I just hope we can build it up as a game because I thought it, it just got to that dangerous territory with Blackburn and Hunter and the nastiness on Twitter and you're seeing it now. Um, you know, Jane Orvell's wife commented a few things on Twitter some people don't like what she had to say. She probably shouldn't have said that, what she said. And then the the, the responses back are just Yeah, nasty, and the, the vitriol on social media is really bad. It was horrendous after the game. You know, we all know what happened with Henry Blackburn and everything. Uh, you would hope that Henry Blackburn and Travis Hunter were able to be adults about it would help, but it's 
you know, it probably won't no. um, come that week again, and those two guys will be playing the game. Obviously, all this stuff from this week will come back up. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Would love to be wrong. But you feel like that's going to be a pretty, pretty toxic week. On the football note, Kevin, um, we're getting some more clarity on what the schedule is going to look like for Colorado State. Now uh, they've had some adjustments because of the Pac-2 alliance with the Mountain West. We knew that was going to come. Now CSU will have a, a game at Oregon State and at Nevada. We did get those updates earlier today. Yeah, so we knew this was coming. We knew CSU would get Washington State or Oregon State. Kind of guessed it would be Oregon State just because CSU had played Washington State the last two years. But obviously there are so many moving parts. But yeah, now it's a, a done deal. And frankly, I think it works great for CSU. The seven-game home slate is the exact same. And included in that, I think, is a pretty good group of winnable Mountain West games. And then on the road, you take out the Boise State game, which frankly is good for CSU. Yeah, the, sure. You know, they're, they've not only not won in Boise, they've basically never been competitive in Boise. And then you swap out, instead of San Diego State, there's also a Nevada game. So CSU plays at Nevada, which again should be more winnable than, say, Boise. And at Oregon State, which obviously Oregon State's top 25 this year. But man, so much change there. You know, coaches off to Michigan State. DJ Ugolele is gone. I saw that his backup is now gone going to Michigan State with coach. So who knows who quarterback's going to be. So not saying that's, you know, like a, a will-win game for CSU. But, you know, those are two teams in transition. So yeah, overall, I think good schedule changes from CSU for CSU from a competitive standpoint. Sure. Yeah. Well, home now, games. I'm going to lament my trip to San Diego. Yeah, right. But that's yeah. probably not what everyone's really that concerned about. So you'll be going. You, you're going to go to trip, Reno. Yeah, Reno. You, you'll be going. I'm to, excited about Corvallis. You know, CSU yeah. was supposed to play there in 2020. Obviously, that didn't end up happening with COVID. But um, that should be a pretty fascinating trip. And they've just renovated that stadium, so it should be really cool to see. And you'll take the long trip to Colorado Springs to see the Air yeah, Force down game. to the Springs. Yeah, it's another season for CSU, only four flights, which is good. And, you know, this time none of them are across any ocean. So a pretty easy travel schedule for CSU. We'll take a look at the home slate, too, for Colorado State, which we said, you know, and it does include CU. The University of Northern Colorado is in that mix as well. Uh, UTEP, New Mexico, Utah State, Wyoming. And, I mean, just inter- San Jose State at home. Some interesting games for for this team uh, at home next year. We'll kind of talk about what, what, what that looks like. It's a very important season for Jay Norvell specifically, but uh, Colorado State, of course. Yeah, huge, huge season. And, yeah, seven home games. Uh, you have to make hay there and win a lot of those home games. We'll talk a little more football and then move on to the basketball side of things as well. Also, some uh, updates with the Mountain West Conference on the basketball yeah. side of things with what the Pac-2 and the Mountain West might be doing. I mean, ultimately, it just seems like we're going to get these guys, Oregon State, Washington State, just going to merge the Mountain West. Yeah, it seems hard. It's hard to see a different solution. Now, there are a lot of technicalities on is it a merge into the pack or a pack merge in the Mountain West, or is it a whole new conference with a lot of those teams? You know, some of those technicalities, which matter a lot legally and money wise, but not so much. You know, of who's playing whom. Uh, but yeah, one way or another, I think the, the Pac-2 and most, if not all, the Mountain West will be together soon. What do the TV deals look like? Yeah. All that stuff going forward. A lot of lawyers making money right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we'll take a quick break here. More on the football side. More on that 2024 schedule for the Colorado State Rams on the football side of things. And I'll talk a little bit about Dallin Holker. Not going to be with Colorado State next year. He is uh, entering the NFL draft. It's Rams Weekly. We'll be right back.
Welcome into Rams Weekly, presented by Marinda Simpson with State Farm Insurance. Kevin Lytle in studio. I'm Brady Hull. Micah Kilpatrick back there on the uh, on the production side of things, making sure this show goes as smoothly as it possibly can. So great job by him back there, Kevin. The um, again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do what Tanner does to you. Hmm. I'm not gonna ask you to predict the wins and stuff. But how, how, how difficult of a season? Is this going to be for CSU? You mentioned Boise State's not there, but there's still a handful of games that are going to be very difficult for the Rams. It's it's a really fascinating schedule uh, for CSU. I think the the road slate is really tough, although it just got easier because of these changes. So Texas, you know, that's a playoff team. Good luck. Go go cash that yeah, check. Yep. Um, Air Force, we know CSU hasn't won at Air Force, I think, since 2001. And, you know, it's like 100 years or something. Uh, at Nevada, we know is quite winnable. You know, they moved on from Ken Wilson, so we'll see what uh, first-year coach does. Uh, but we know that – we know very well the the struggles that program has. So that's one CSU now thinks it, it should have a chance to win. Fresno, that program's been really good. Um, you would have to consider that a really tough game. Oregon State, again, I know they have a lot of changes, but still really tough game. But then you look at the home slate, seven games, first off. It's, it's been a long time since, you's, since CSU's had seven. And there's a lot of wins that you have to have there. You obviously have to beat Northern Colorado. That's non-negotiable. Have to beat UTEP. Utah State, that's the type of swing game. I, we talked about that this year. U, Utah State, a swing game. You know, CSU had won Logan like they could have. They'd be bowling. They'd be so that's bowling. a swing game. San Jose State, kind of hard to figure every year. Brennan does a good job. But, you know, they're not well-resourced. You know, again, that's a swing game. Wyoming, got to beat a rival sometime. New coach. Yep, New Mexico, uh, you have to beat at home. And then, of course, there's that CU game, uh, which obviously CSU will not be favored in. But, you know, who knows, I think, throw everything on that game. True. So it's it's a tough schedule, but there's also paths to wins there. And, and CSU really needs to take advantage. Like I say, really need to take advantage at home. I think you probably need to win five home games. Mm, wow, that'd be well. Then that's what Rams fans would love. That yeah, you, you really make Canvas yeah. Stadium. They, they uh, improved a tough place on that this year. You know, we're pretty decent at home. Um, but yeah, you have to take care of business when you have you know no matter what. But seven home games, you gotta gotta move and shake there. Kevin, when does the schedule actually come out in, uh, in, in yeah, terms of dates? dates and yeah, stuff? yeah. Obviously, non-con are basically set. You know, on the weekend there could be a little shuffling. You know, Saturday to Friday or something like that for TV. Uh, but I think it's it's still a little ways off. I, I want to say it's more toward like April that the Mountain West dates will be set. I, I don't hold me to that, but it's it's not now. It'll be medium soonish, but not imminent. When do uh, I, I, I'm assuming tickets and all that stuff? Have yeah, so you, CSU's been pushing season tickets. You know, that's the one way to guarantee tickets to the CU game. Um, so season tickets are on sale. Single game again will go out later, but especially with that CU game, I think they're trying to really push, understandably, push the season tickets, get as many of those as you can. And frankly, you don't want to open up single game tickets for a CU game and risk you know a ton of CU people coming in. Which yeah, I know there's a lot of social media chatter. I'm not sure it's actually that big a threat that there will be twenty thousand CU fans, but um, you want to make sure. Yeah, you want to you want to get ahead of that just in case because um, this stuff is crazy in primetime. It almost like all the stuff that we th- we think we know about how it all works. I, I I'm thrown I've thrown so many things out the window when it comes to this guy. I don't know what they'll actually do. Yeah, yeah, it's 
It's hard to figure, man. There's there's just so many question marks. So and, no, and year to year in college football right now is just chaotic. Oh, it's all it's all crazy right now. Um, we've talked about it. You know, I know we we get into NIL, we get into transfer portal, we get into the college football playoffs and what that's going to look like next year. Um, it is it's chaos when it comes to all of this. And I guess we'll see what happens. But Dallin Holker was an interesting one, one we know earlier yeah. in the week, and we know he is going to. Um, he's going to enter the NFL draft instead of uh, one more year with Colorado State. And that, that one's a, that was a tough one because you want to try to get all your talented guys coming back to see what uh, you can do with BFN with another year under his belt. But he's going out good for him, but not necessarily so great for CSU. Yeah, exactly. That's you know a huge weapon. Dallin Holker was you know kind of exactly what CSU needed from that tight end position that they didn't have in year one under Jay Norvell. Did so many good things. Really great player, great person, fun, you know, fun guy to be around. And yeah, for a long time, I mean, I thought he was coming back. That was what all the signs were. But his season, you know, everything went well. Runner up for the Mackey Award, had huge numbers. You know, he's a little older too after you know serving a mission, so it might be you know time to strike while the iron is hot. See if you can get picked and and find a spot in a roster. And from there, uh, you know, you can see why. Well, you know, if you're down, how much more could your stock grow with another year? You can understand that. So, so yeah, big loss for CSU. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they go transfer portal and pick someone up. You know, uh, Jay Norvell, Cole Turner at Nevada was a great tight end. Now Dallin Holker, obviously CSU has the history with Trey McBride. So it could be an attractive place for someone. And they also have some younger guys that they like, too. So I think you have some options there. But no doubt you don't just snap your fingers and, you know, erase or, or replace what Dallin gave you. Braden Fowler, Nicolosi. Um, I liked his. I liked. A, I like what a lot of these players are doing. It scares me at first because you'll see like a thank you Ram Nation. You're like, wait, when's the? That being said, <laughs> I'm entering the transfer portal. Uh, but it was nothing like that. It was, hey, just thank you guys for showing up. We're gonna bust our tail to make sure we're good next year. That is a storyline that I'm really interested, in, and I know you'll be doing so many different versions of his story leading up to next year. Um, but that guy seems to have the right stuff. You just got to, con- how do we control that? How do we bottle that up a little bit? So I'll be curious to see how they do that this offseason. It's almost like, uh, you know, breaking a horse, you know, yeah, good, wild yeah. and rambunctious. And, and, you know, it's a lot of fun and everything, but you just want to harness that a little bit. Uh, because, yeah, BFN went on the throws he can make. I mean, there were some incredible passes that, uh, not a lot of guys can make, but obviously the decision making and uh, and everything struggled at times, which isn't a shock for a guy playing his first college season, you know, a redshirt freshman. Uh, but yeah, so if you can kind of harness that, it, and it's a tricky balance. Like obviously you want to harness some of it, but you don't want to take you know that mentality out, the attack mentality. So if you can just balance it, you can live with some picks, you know, on yeah, aggression. Sure. It just needs to be a lot less. I mean, this was one of the high, I think it maybe led FBS in interceptions. You can't have that. It has to be a um, smaller number. But the talent is there. You know, we'll see what the roster looks like. That's a question mark, you know, basically until the season begins. But especially if you can keep Tory Horton, we know Justice Ross Simmons has said he's coming back. They have a lot of young, talented guys. They're about to sign a four-star receiver. Um, they're going to have good receivers in this system. So even with Dallin Holker leaving, uh, you're going to have weapons. What um, What are some of the bigger needs, Kevin? I know you put that together in an article at the Colorado and um, about some of the top 
needs in the portal and all that. Yeah. Where are you looking at first and foremost? To me, number one is clear. Like it's it's a one and then a big gap, and that's cornerback uh, because Chiggy Anusium, you know, graduate out of eligibility. Ron Harge out of eligibility. Uh, T.J. Crandall, a kind diamond in the rough that CSU found that no one else did. You know, the power programs basically poached him he hasn't committed yet but he entered the portal and all his offers are are you know high power fives uh so they lost tj crandall so it's really thin there you have dom jones guy that that made some decent plays come in from north Dakota state and then you know kind of question marks so they really need uh additions at cornerback i would expect you know, with the way NIL money is, don't expect big Power Five transfers. Expect you know, maybe FCS that type of thing, or maybe lower FBS divisions. That's that's just kind of the way of the world. So they're hunting for for probably diamonds in the rough. There it worked on the O line last year. Need to make it work at cornerback this year because you know they are signed guys. They have some young guys, uh, but you, you need a little experience at that position. Yeah, and yeah. then after that, I mean, tight end like I mentioned is, is a potential O line. I think every year you're looking to beef up your O line. There's no such thing as too much depth there. Kind of same on the D-line. You have a lot of – you have a fun mix of experience and young players, but a little depth there wouldn't hurt. And then receiver, if Torrey goes, you might dip into that. And we'll talk about Torrey Horton coming up next. Also more on the basketball side of things. It's Rams Weekly presented by Miranda Simpson at State Farm Insurance. We'll be right back. Welcome back into Rams Weekly, and as as we're doing the show here, Kevin, we, you know, Twitter will tell you a lot of stuff these days. Um, got more portal news coming out of Colorado State. Yep, I kind of heard this might be happening, but Lewis Brown, uh, kind of third receiver, if you will, for CSU, is announced he's entering the portal. Um, and that's kind of just the way of the world, world right now. Um, was it mean for CSU? Sort of depends on Tory Horton. If yeah. if Tory Horton comes back, then you're feeling fine because you have Tory Horton, Justice Ross Simmons, and then a bunch of really talented young guys who you figure with what this staff recruits, you know, they'll have enough there. Now, if Tory leaves, uh, yeah, you might be a little thinner on experience than you would like at that receiver position. And also from the Lewis Brown side, I'm sure NIL is going to you be know, part of a factor because it always is. But also, if Torrey comes back, you can see it's like, well, I'm still wide receiver three. Let's see if I can go somewhere where I can be one or two. So it's a it's a mix of different things, but probably the maybe the biggest name for CSU entering the portal, um, him and TJ Crandall. It's interesting though, Kevin. You wonder if, like Lewis Brown, if he caught wind that maybe Tory Horton's maybe maybe he's coming back, and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to still remain the number three guy here, so I want to move on." Yeah, I do I, wonder. I, that's me. I haven't heard anything. It. I mean, man, I, like I say, my little I've sent my birdies out, seeing if they can get any info, and they're all coming up up empty right now. So I'm I'm not sure that that is the case. But yeah, you can see why why that math could be playing a role. Are you fifty fifty on Tory Horton coming back? Yeah, I, like I say, not trying to hedge or anything, but I 
neither decision will surprise me. I know it is definitely truly under consideration to come back, but obviously he's a guy that I think we all know he's going to be drafted at some point. It's a matter of where in the draft and kind of with that win he decides to go. So I'm really, yeah, split right down the middle. Neither would surprise me. You know, you could tell me either way, and I'd kind of shake my head and go, yeah, I, that makes sense. Is he a second-round draft pick, Torrey Horton? From the feedback I have heard, he is not right now. Third round. Not right Fourth. now. Fourth. Yeah, I think he's in those middle rounds, which is when it gets uh, tricky because— Okay, if you're sure you're fourth, you know maybe you're okay. But what if you slide to five and then six? It, it, these are such tough decisions. Such tough decisions. If if they had had a better season, wins losses wise, would that have impacted this at all? I and mean, the reason I bring it up is if you, if you're thinking maybe he's a fourth at at best kind of guy, we know he has a lot of ability. Can he then come back next season? And he's young. He's extra, he's very young, um, and, and really just improve that stock. Or worst case scenario is you have a weird season next year. Maybe BFN doesn't work out. The schedule is what it is. Yeah, it's just not there. there. There's always injury risk and things sure. like that too. So yeah, and the, these are why it's so tough. I mean, it's easy for you know people like us to sit here and say, well, you should do this or that. But for you can see when you start asking those questions, why for a kid and their family. Man, it, I mean, it really has got to be like the checklist of uh, you know pros and cons, if you will, because it is so complicated. You know, Tori, like you said, it helps the CSU side. Tori just turned twenty-one, like within a couple weeks. So he, even for a super senior, he'd be like a young senior. So that helps. You know, it doesn't hurt hit because that is part of the draft eval. If you're older, they kind of say, eh, "Let's slide you down a little bit." Yeah. So that helps him there. You know, if there's you know maybe another year for you know physical development and everything. It's an offense again, barring injury. Knock on wood. Tory would get a lot of yardage and opportunities, you would think. It's hard to imagine how a healthy Tory Horton wouldn't have a big season in this offense. But, but yeah, there are just so many factors. Yeah, there really are. And, and, and I guess time will, will tell. Um, but you could see it, like you said, you could see both, both things happening. You could easily see yeah. him enter into the draft or, or stick around. Yeah, truly neither would surprise me. What's funny, because at the beginning of last year, at last season, I thought, no, this is going to be it. This is going to be done. But... I don't know something about how the season progressed. Maybe you just you just wonder. Yeah, and, and he is a little banged up, which is another factor of it. Can, that you can argue that one both ways. Of oh, he is a little banged up, so maybe you know he sees ooh, you know this is dangerous. I better just go you know take my chance. But it could also be well, NFL evaluators are going to say you know, needs to add some you know strength and stuff. Um, and be more durable. So you can really twist every single question you've asked, which are all good, relevant ones. You can, if you want to, you can convince them of a way that helps the case for Horton at CSU or hurts the case for Horton at CSU. That's that's how tricky these are. No doubt about it. Well, Especially for a guy like him that, yeah. you know, a two wouldn't be a shock at some point, but also... Yeah, there's so many good receivers. You could see how he could slide to five or yeah, something. When was Michael Gallup selected? Was that a third-round guy? Two or three. Was he a second or yeah. third-round? Um, because, again, then you then you go away that discussion over, like, is Torrey Horton going to be a, is he better than, than Michael Gallup? Uh, you, you just kind of wonder on, <laughs> excuse me, on those things. So we'll see. Uh, obviously, Rams fans, you're crossing your fingers. You're hoping he comes back for one more year. It would really, I, I'd really like to see those weapons 
a lot of those weapons return with BFN and see if we can finally see that consistent Fort Air Raid thing take hold. Because, again, we saw samples of it this year. We saw very little samples of it the year before. I would love to see what this thing's really made of when you have your experienced pieces working together. Yeah, and you know, piece we haven't talked about is the running back room. Yeah, you know, there's so much of this season where that was you know beat up, and now you look next year, you could have Avery Morrow, Kobe Johnson, uh, Damian Henderson, Justin Marshall. Like it could be kind of loaded in there, mm-hmm. and that is an impact on everything. I uh, you know just versatility of the offense. So. Uh, it's again. It's going to be a fascinating year and a big year three. And there's so many challenges, you know, ahead in the off season and then into the season. Colorado State men's basketball. They suffered their first defeat last week to St. Mary's. Um, what I wanted to spend some time with talking to you, Kevin. First off, about the top twenty-five staying in the top twenty-five. That's a sign of respect, I think, to both teams, St. Mary's and CSU. But it does kind of feel like CSU. They're going to give them the benefit of the doubt a little bit. Now you got to take that run with it. You can't drop games that you're supposed to win. Finish out this non-con schedule. Um, maybe even win the rest of them before you jump into Mountain West play. Yeah, totally. I think that's exactly right. It's a respect for what CSU's done. People understand. I mean, beating up Creighton is a big win. Boston College is a solid team. You beat them. Uh, Colorado obviously is proving themselves to be quite good. So CSU has all these wins that people understand are important wins. And yeah, St. Mary's, I know their record wasn't great. I tried to tell people, yeah, you even did. after a game, I had some people on Twitter say, oh, that was a terrible loss. That team's awful. I said, no, they are not. Mm-hmm. You're like, tell me you don't know ball without telling me you don't know ball. That's a good team. I still think they're going to be in the tournament. It's not a bad loss. Right now it's a Q3. I think it'll end up being Q2. But yeah, there's respect for CSU. And if CSU takes care of business, and yeah, the LMU game on the 22nd on the road, that's the big hurdle. Uh, if they can do that, and I think that'd be 12-1 and in non-conference play, assuming you take care of Pueblo and Adams State, I mean, that's a brilliant resume. You could not ask for more, really. Um, you know, Even if we had asked Nico Medved and said, hey... You have to trade. You're going to lose to St. Mary's at home, but in exchange, you get a Boston College, a Creighton, a Colorado, and a Washington win. He would say, yep. ticket St. Mary's. You know, enjoy. <laughs> enjoy we, that. We will happily. We beat take you that. enough, right? Yeah. So, you can have it this so, year. So, I mean, I, I know it's easy to react to one loss. This isn't football. Basketball is a long season. Uh, you're not going to go undefeated. Not a bad loss. CSU will be fine, and the metrics show that. Well, it's interesting. With that loss uh, to St. Mary's, it was like all the other things that CSU needed to happen happen. CU beat Miami. CU smoked Miami. Washington won a big game. Washington beat Gonzaga. Yeah. So, Boston College uh, beat St. Joe's. Like That resume just keeps growing. Yeah, and sometimes that's what's nice about college basketball is you can lose, but if the teams you beat start going on doing some great... This is why it's funny, Rams fans especially... We're so mad about CU beating Miami. It's like, wait, wait, what? You shouldn't be mad. You should, you, be should, you should be celebrating that if you're a CSU fan. If you're a CSU fan, you want CU to win out. Yes, you do. I didn't see it. Rams fans just can't cross. Some can't cross over that yeah. line, Kevin. Think of it as, as your resume, not as CU. Exactly. All right, final segment coming up next. Uh, we'll talk more Colorado State hoops. It's Rams Weekly on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA.
Weekly here on KFKA. Thanks for being with us. And thanks to Marinda Simpson at State Farm Insurance. She is a diehard CSU Rams fan. She's an alum, so she gets it. She absolutely gets it. So if you're a Rams fan and you're listening, odds are if you're listening, you're a Rams fan, uh, and you're looking at insurance needs, I'm telling you, support someone that's like-minded, that's like you. That's Marinda Simpson. We all want one thing. We want CSU to be successful, whatever sport that is in. And the basketball side, the women's side? Still undefeated. So far, so good. Thursday, they play two games this weekend. What's it going to take for them to crack that top 25? That's a great question. So they got a vote in the AP top 25. I had some people, oh, disrespect. Not to be critical, but it comes down to the schedule. I I think CSU has one win in the top 200 of net. Again, net, it's really early, but still it gives you an idea. Um, Most of the wins are 200-plus net teams, so they're playing well and being who they have but so far um you know no significant wins they have a couple tough games this weekend out in california and then especially if they win those they have mississippi state back home middle and next week if you win that game and are still undefeated i think CSU's ranked after that because mississippi state sec team their numbers are good that that would be the one that would catch it catch attention um both locally and i think some nationally of oh okay this team's legit it's it's so fun seeing both of those teams be yeah. so successful. Well, I think a combined eighteen and one, yeah, I believe, as I mean, of recording. It's great, and and you know, again, with the men's team being uh, staying in that top twenty, Kevin, does it seem like it gets earlier and earlier every year? We do the we're doing the watch. You know, we're already like the resume, the resume. <laughs> we're building up. You got fans like, oh, this loss is good. It just seems like it gets earlier and earlier every year. Well, I think this is the earliest they've released the net, which I'm torn. In some ways, I say, don't even release it right now because you have people watching it day-to-day. I'd you know, one you know, say, oh, our net is flying. It's like, do not worry about the day-to-day. Like it, It's too early. But on the other hand, it's fun conversation. We're using it. Yeah, and sure. it is an important metric, not important on December 13th or whatever. But it's kind of fun. But, yeah, I think especially with, you know, for the CSU men, the teams they beat – that started the conversation really early of like, okay, what does the resume look like? What does potential scene look like? Just because those, there were so many marquee wins so early. Kevin, uh, taking a look at the Mountain West Conference, we had some uh, folks texting in on the whole show today just looking at the the men's side of the Mountain West Conference and just how how difficult it's going to be. And that's why I think in the last segment, you talking about how important it would be to go on this non-conference stretch to win the rest of them. That first game is against New Mexico. The, the first stretch, I mean, you have home versus New Mexico, mm. who uh, is looking really good. Again, their schedule's not been great, but they're beating everyone and looking really good. And then you go to Utah State, who's playing phenomenal. The Sprinkles doing a great job there. Then you go to Boise State, who's sort of like in the St. Mary's vein of you're pretty sure they're pretty good, but they've played a really tough schedule and haven't picked up the wins. But that's a that's a tough game. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, there's... There's just no easy ones. Um, again, just f- for fan understanding, if you're thinking whether it's CSU or another team, you know someone's going to go 17 one in the mountain. It's just not going to happen. I, you know, I think the league champ is probably going to have four losses maybe in league play. Like the league is so so good. Uh, whew, you don't get off nights. No, you don't. And and you and I, I think you and I both agreed with uh, with New Mexico last year. Like really talented team. We were both shocked that they weren't putting together the wins as much this year 
they're figuring that out at least early. Yeah, and that's you know they did that last year and then struggled. And Matt, what's their, that's kind of the cautionary tale. You can have a great November, December, and it can fall apart on you quick in this Mountain West. Uh, so as you know, for from the CSU side, for as good as the resume looks right now. Yeah, you're not a tournament team yet. You have a lot of work to do. Four bids, you think? Yeah, I, th- I, I think it's a four bid league. I think five is possible. Yeah, well, and, and how much of what San Diego State did last year will just help? It doesn't hurt, that. and yeah. the metrics are so good. Um, you know, the league keeps getting three or four in. You know, I certainly don't see any way it's less than three. I think three is your minimum at this point. Uh, but yeah, I think four is probably your most realistic, and five is not impossible. Oh man, it's it's exciting to it's see a great this. league. No, it's a, it, I love Mountain West basketball. It's just so much fun. And even uh, you know a team that struggled, UNLV, just went and beat Creighton last night. They kind of finally had their full roster, and they looked really dangerous. So yeah. I mean, wh- again, where is your off night in this league? Even uh, you know Wyoming has you know kind of been up and down, been but a shock but, a little bit. But you know. If you you know, especially if you're CSU going up to Laramie, mm-mm, that's not easy. No, no, and they're I think they're six and three or something like that. Yeah. They're they're better. So again, than we where thought. where is your off night? Where where is your cruise control game? You're, it's a 18 straight. It's like I don't want to say they're the Big East or Big Ten, you know, but gosh, that's that's quite a, a stretch you go through. Well, what's great about the, all the teams in the conference doing so well? Uh, yeah, it's tough for CSU. It's going to be a battle. But you got to think that that's good for recruiting too down the road uh, with yeah. both of these with all the teams in the conference being really strong, saying hey you got a chance there if you go on the, these teams just make each other better it seems like yeah definitely great atmospheres yeah obviously NCAA tournament opportunities all that stuff certainly helps you big picture and recruiting and all that jazz yeah well uh, Colorado State Pueblo coming up for the CSU Rams who do the women's uh, who do they have uh, coming they're, up this weekend? they're in a little mini tournament, oh, that's right. in, tournament. Uh, in California I believe it's Long Beach State and UC Irving um, are the two they play I think it's Friday Saturday and then like I say big game Wednesday night at home against Mississippi State that's a huge huge resume chance what are you looking at next week we got uh, early signing we got signing day signing day is Wednesday so that's going to be really big for the football team on who they get right now I believe they have 19 high school commits um there'll probably probably be some transfers coming in as well i know there's a recruiting weekend coming up uh so stay tuned there but yeah a lot of football news and i'll be taking a look i'll have a story pretty soon here on uh some of the behind the scenes things going on in the world about uh, especially you know kind of mid-majors trying to keep their rosters together mm, that would be interesting yeah. let me know when that drops i'll be following you kevin as i do um signing day is interesting isn't it like you're doing all your work now and then the actual day of, which will be Wednesday, you're kind of just waiting around, aren't you? Yeah, it's it, it really is. Your work is mostly done. You're trying to basically make sure everyone's locked in until paperwork can officially come through. Uh, and now, especially with the early sign day, you know, it used to be that February one was the big one. Now February is kind of, you know, passes with a, with a whisper because almost everyone is signed in December. How do you think uh, Colorado State will fare um, when it comes to this? I think they'll rank really well. Um, the good and bad of the portal is the bad is, you know, your SECs of the world are using, you know, your mid-majors as a feeding ground of, hey, you, you go develop guys and then we'll pluck them away. But the good, if you will, is... Uh, high schools are being under-recruited, so especially staff like Jay Norvell and his crew, they've proven good at finding talent that others maybe don't. You know, Tory Horton, 
basically had no offers, and that worked out. <laughs> uh, so they're good at finding those players, and now there are even more opportunities. So that's good. You know, once you get them and develop them, you have to keep them. Uh, but but CSU is going to rank really well in this class. It, it is interesting. You're, the the prime time, you know, it's not like prime time's the first guy to do this, but obviously he's building his team primarily through transfer portal. Not to say they're not getting some recruits. Obviously, got the five star uh, tackle that they picked up, but. Their teams are doing that now. It's getting it's easier, I guess. You get the transfer portal. You got proven commodities. If you're an attractive enough school, boom, it's free agency. Uh, so that does help the CSUs of the world is to be able to say, hey, there, these high schools are getting overlooked now because the bigger schools are wanting to go with the proven commodities through the transfer portal. Yeah, absolutely. You can get these guys in. So I, I guess in a good way, or you know, on the positive side, if you will. You can get these players in. Then you, you're working on trying to keep them. You know, have them do kind of what Isaiah Stevens and Tory Horton have done, and and stick with you, which is a fight. But hey, you know, maybe maybe have a little better chance. You know, or you definitely have a better chance since you got them in the door. Yeah, uh, I'll be curious to see what happens next week. Uh, getting the basketball teams back in action this weekend as well. So there's a lot of really positive things happening for Colorado yeah. State. So we'll uh, we'll keep our eyes on it. Exciting time. Exciting times. Kevin Lytle, great work. As always, I'll be looking forward to that read-up just about how difficult it is to keep your roster together, especially in this day and age. It's been Rams Weekly presented by State Farm Insurance. Marinda Simpson, thanks for being with us. Let's go Rams.